Laura K. Buzz here, and I've got some exciting news for everyone. On February 16th, 2023, Who Hunts the Whale releases. It's a satirical novel that I wrote with my wife, Jane, about the AAA video game development industry and someone who's just managed to get their dream job working for a AAA game development studio in the United States, only to start realising that the people at the top of the company don't necessarily have the workers' best interests in mind. We've put a lot of ourselves into this novel, we've put our heart and soul into it, and we're absolutely so proud of this book. It is funny, it is sweet, it is serious. It is a book that satirises the games industry, but also takes a solid look at what is really happening in the games industry today, and tries to look at what can be done to improve an industry that is terrible to the people creating the games you love. It's called Who Hunts the Whale, it's out on February 16th, I really hope you check it out. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Access Ability. I'm your host Laura, I'm a white woman with bright blue hair, shaved on one side, wearing a plain black dress. At the time of recording this video, I haven't had a chance to play the finished version of Forspoken. The game is around two hours away from its release in Australia, and at this present moment, there are no reviews for the game online, and I'm not expecting to receive my review code until around 24 hours from now when the game's already on sale in the UK. I have had the opportunity to play a demo for the game on PS5 and watch some leaked footage of it online, but right now, I haven't had a chance to play the finished game, and no one who has played the finished game has had a chance to talk about it openly. I haven't played the finished version of Forspoken at the time that I'm recording this video, which puts me in a tricky position. This is the day of the week that I record Access Ability, and I can't tell you right now whether this game is good or not from a mechanical perspective, a narrative perspective, an overall structure perspective, but I do know what accessibility settings it has in it. I've played them in the PS5 demo that is available, I have checked leaked footage to make sure those settings are in the finished game, and I think that there are things in here that are worth discussing that I want to praise this week, even if I can't give you the context of whether these settings exist in a game that's worth actually playing. I want to reiterate, this is not a review of Forspoken as an overall video game. I could perhaps talk about my experience with the demo and maybe extrapolate the fact that this game has been so secretive about its reviews and what I think the game will be like, but I don't think that's necessarily of value. I can have a review of this as an overall game later in the week, but for now, I want to talk about these accessibility settings because I can confirm that they exist in the finished game, I've played around with them in the demo, and I think there's some really exciting things being done that I really want to highlight. I'm going to try and have a review of Forspoken up and online within a couple of days of the game's release, but for now, I want to talk about what I do know, the fact that this game's accessibility settings are really promising. Forspoken is a Square Enix action JRPG, following the story of Frey Holland, a young woman from our real modern-day world who, at a desperately low point in her life, is transported to Athia, a fantasy realm in search of a hero to save its citizens. Adorned with a magical but talkative golden cuff, Frey runs around the world completing quests, fighting monsters, and aiming to restore peace to the land. Forspoken follows a gameplay template that is mechanically similar to Final Fantasy XV and Final Fantasy VII Remake, swapping out turn-based battles for a more action-focused combat system. Players magically parkour sprint around an open world, unlocking support and attack magic spells to use in combat against enemies, 
while manually dodging and dashing around encounters. While I cannot give an in-depth account on how the finalised game feels to play at this point in the video, written two and a half hours before launch, based on the demo, I can say that while the game's traversal parkour mechanics are incredibly satisfying, and the game is visually impressive, the combat suffers from feeling stilted, largely due to the inability to switch attacks mid-combo without interrupting the flow of the fight, and the dialogue in the game's opening hours feels stilted and somewhat awkward. However, diving into the game's menus, Forspoken does feature a surprisingly deep suite of accessibility settings offerings, in particular some neat inclusions in the gameplay balance and accessibility-focused menus. Starting with gameplay balance settings, players can switch on aim assist when aiming spells to cast at enemies, set time to slow down or even stop completely while spell switching radial menu wheels are open, they can set the game to deal significantly more or less damage to the player when attacked, set stamina recovery speed to be very fast, set healing items to be automatically used at set health thresholds, extend the length of enemy knockdowns, automatically swap out which support spell is equipped if the current spell is on cooldown, and perhaps most interestingly, you can set your character to magically auto-evade incoming attacks. It's this final gameplay balance option, auto-evade, that is the most ambitious in my opinion, in that from my testing in the demo, it seems to make the player literally invulnerable to all incoming damage, completely unable to be injured by enemy attacks. Players can, during combat, manually time dodges to magically evade incoming attacks, but to my understanding, there's no downside applied to the player for using this automated setting to dodge every incoming attack without fail. In the controls menu, Players can tweak certain elements of control, such as whether the camera auto-adjusts during parkour, always or never, as well as reducing camera shake visual effects, and controller functions like vibration and haptic trigger intensity. In the display settings menu, players can choose between resolution, ray tracing, and frame rate graphics modes, as well as turning off motion blur and applying colour filters designed to help support colourblind players. The sound setting menu, similarly, allows for basic customization of several sound source volume sliders. Forspoken does allow for controller customization, but certain options cannot be customized. If, for example, your support magic is mapped to L2, and your attack magic is mapped to R2, surge magic will always be mapped to those two buttons being pressed at the same time, and cannot be remapped to its own dedicated button or button combination, unfortunately. Lastly, we get to the Accessibility Settings menu, where some of the more specific settings options can be found. Players can set items to automatically be gathered while playing, lockpicking minigames to be automatically completed, items to be made more easily visible for players, nearby characters can be highlighted, and the game's map icon size can be increased. Many of the game's buttonholes, such as the radial menu for switching spells or activation of magical parkour, can be switched instead to toggles as well as the inputs to leap and soar being able to be partially automated. While sprint as default is activated using L3, you can require an additional button to be pressed to activate sprint, to reduce accidental inputs from misclicking the analog stick. You can activate a mode called Cuff Compass, which creates a line that leads you through the world towards progression, as well as making that line more visible in the world. You can also change the frequency of Cuff's slightly forced dialogue meaning that if you find him frustrating, you can minimise his dialogue down to only plot-critical information. Forspoken's HUD size and location can be customised, with the game also allowing subtitles to be made larger, 
placed on more opaque backgrounds, with speaker names included, and units of measurement are able to be changed to your region's best understood standard. Lastly, you can switch off letter grade rankings for fights, switch off progression pop-ups for partially completed magical challenges, and increase the visibility of visual tells for incoming heavy attacks. While I do have my concerns about Forspoken, a game that, at the time of recording this on-camera segment, is an hour and a half away from its Australian release and still does not have any reviews online, I do think that the accessibility settings shown in the demo are really impressive, and I do want to praise them. There's a very good variety and quality going on here, and that is worthy of praise. Speaking candidly, we've talked at length on this show about the fact that Square Enix, as a publisher, tends to be a little bit behind the curve when compared to other game developers of a similar size, when we're talking about accessibility. While I have my concerns about Forspoken as an overall video game, which by the time you see this video you'll definitely know whether those concerns turn out to be correct or incorrect, I do really want to praise this game because I think that it shows a really promising future for Square Enix published titles if this is not just a one-off and we see this level of thought put into accessibility from them going forward. This feels like a real step forward for Square Enix in terms of inviting disabled players to the table, and I really hope that this sticks. I always get really excited when I see a big AAA game publisher or developer make a real stride forward in accessibility that seems like it might be a new benchmark for them, and I really hope that this is a turning point for Square Enix in terms of making their games more accessible. Forspoken certainly seems like it probably has its issues, but I'm just really excited to see this kind of thought put into accessibility from a publisher that I haven't really come to expect that from. I'm excited, even if the fact that an hour and a half out from release I don't have review code feels like it says a lot. Thank you so much to this month's Patreon backers, who helped make this show possible. You can support the show and everything I do at patreon.com forward slash laurakbuzz.